I had a sports mic on and I, I love emceeing. I, I think it's so great to be able to share the experience and to give some anecdotes and some brief descriptions to involve the crowd. We had upwards of a thousand spectators throughout the entire day to look out and see their faces as they're watching these pro level athletes, along with all the amateurs competing, pulling massive military vehicles, lifting Husafel stones. That was the most rewarding experience. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, for the second time on this podcast, we're talking to Gabe Pena, a strongman and contest promoter based out of South Texas, right along the Mexican border. We chat with Gabe about an interesting diagnosis that ultimately got to the bottom of why he had to withdraw from the 2020 World's Strongest Man contest. We also talk about transitioning from the World's Strongest Alternate, as Gabe puts it, to a podium contender at World's Strongest Man, as well as Gabe's recent turn as a pro-am contest promoter for the sport of strongman. It's a lot. It involves discussions about ice cream, new kids, static holds, and breweries. Stick around. You don't want to miss this one. Gabe, thanks so much for joining us. You are a repeat visitor to the Barbend podcast. And today we're going to talk about, we have a lot of ground to cover. I'll say that much. I want to talk about you as an athlete, but I also want to talk about you as an event organizer and community builder in strength sports, particularly strongman. But to start off, last time we chatted, it was actually shortly after you had had to withdraw from the World's Strongest Man competition a couple of years ago due to a, a heart issue. How has training been going since then? How has competing going since then? How have you been feeling since then? Give us the rundown on Gabe as an athlete. David, thanks for having me, man. It's, it's been quite a journey since then. I mean, that was one, one heck of a way to kickstart my pro career, you know, with that pullout from World's Strongest Man. The path since has been full of so much color and experience. You know, that was my main goal was leaving pro, uh, World's Strongest Man was getting that pro experience. Mm -hmm. And so 2021 was just chock full of pro contests with Giants Live, the Shaw Classic, I was at World's Strongest Man again, but as an alternate, and uh, I was prepping as if I was going in. So there was a significant amount of training that went into that. But um, I've been feeling great. You know, there was a little bit of figuring out exactly where the root origins of that heart issue was that caused my withdrawal from World's Strongest Man 2020. And that was kind of like a little bit of playing back and forth with different factors that might have been contributors with my doctor. It was kind of like the Sherlock Holmes approach, like which little which intrinsic variables could have been contributing to it. And it was only very recently, I'm talking within the last four months, that we actually found out exactly what the cause was. And I must say it's quite a bit more innocent than we than I was fearing. I actually came on a Brian Shaw's podcast about a month and a half ago. And that was the first time I disclosed it with the world, other than, you know, just me and my doctor, my wife knowing. And I'm happy to share it again because I learned that it's a very rare circumstance and people who might be experiencing it would undoubtedly feel alone. I have what is called cold heart AFib. It has nothing to do with anything that's, you know, wrong, necessarily wrong with my heart other than the sensitivity to cold temperatures. Whenever I have ice cold 
beverages or ice cold food that food item passing down the esophagus as it goes right by the left ventricle of the heart essentially causes the heart to shiver and that is exactly what happened to me at world's strongest man in 2020. we had cases full of ice cold gatorade right after that deadlift event i went straight for a gatorade slammed it down and that was it that's what caused my removal from world's strongest man in 2020. fascinating that is this is not a medical podcast so if you're experiencing issues or arrhythmia at home don't please don't use this to diagnose yourself of course of course this is just my own experience but i will say that's that's interesting how has that impacted your diet and i I guess you're not reaching for the coldest drinks now after training are you just you basically have to be more cognizant of of the temperature of the food you're eating and the the drinks you're consuming absolutely just more uh realizing that there is a little bit of sensitivity to those type of things and being a super heavyweight athlete from south texas where it's in triple digits most of the year it's quite tough because when i'm in the middle of my gym there's no ac right after i get done with a heavy set of log press i want to go straight for an ice cold drink but it's uh it's more room temperature things when i go to restaurants now i ask for drinks without ice and it's it's not necessarily that an ice cold bottle of water is going to set me off so far, the only triggers have been Gatorades or slushies or ice cream. There was even one occurrence where I had an ice cold glass of milk that I pounded down right before bed for extra calories that kind of sent me into a brief spell. But that's it, man. Something as, as innocent as that. And it was very hard to dial this in because, you know, we're trying every time there was a small little instance of this occurrence, I was, okay, what contributed to this? What did I do differently this time? What might have added? And as we kept narrowing it down, we came to the realization that it was cold food items. And I was so hard pressed to find any research backing this dating prior to 2004. And even at that, you have these accounts of patients who had gone into hospitals and they were immediately told that, no, you're crazy. This can't be it. You've got to have something else wrong. And they were refused by doctors that would not hear out their story. But, uh, you, you, we dialed it in. We know what it is, and it is very easily managed at this point. So it gives me a lot of confidence knowing that moving forward, I can keep this thing at bay and give it my all at the contest where it matters. Well, I'm so glad you got to the bottom of that. I mean, unfortunately, your general tradition of slamming a pint of Ben and Jerry's right after deadlifts will have, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to stop. I know. It's, and as a new father, you know, ice cream is is always a big part of a kid's life. So you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have a chat with with your kid at some point like hey daddy daddy can't can't house ice cream like he used to yeah and that that is true but you know the main priority when we were tackling this whole issue was let's figure out what's going wrong first but now with my doctor he has several colleagues across the nation that we are working on ways to where we can minimize that sensitivity over time so i'm very optimistic that in the future i can get back to slamming those pints of ben and jerry's <laughs> Maybe I might not recommend that immediately after a training session, although I don't live in South Texas. And so I don't understand what it's like, A, to pull a thousand pounds on the deadlift and B, to do it in a hundred degree heat. So that is all you, my friend. Well, yeah, I would not recommend it. Let's say that. (laughs) (laughs) Not ideal circumstances. Well, let's chat a little bit about uh, your training. You're putting up massive numbers in the gym. What kind of competitions are you excited for in the remainder? We're we're recording this, you know, mid-March 2022. What are you most excited about competition-wise heading into the rest of 2022? 
Well, first and foremost, I got my official invite to World's Strongest Man about two or three weeks ago, and we're talking the full invite. No, no longer does the saga of World's Strongest Alternate continue. It is, <laughs> it is a full-on confirmed invite. So I am sure as hell going to make take full advantage of that. And you know, my eyes have always been on the top. I'm I'm not going in there, you know, aiming to just do all right. I'm going in there with eyes on the podium. I'm I'm going to make the finals. I'm going for the podium. My ultimate goal as soon as I embarked down this path, has been to become the world's strongest man. So I am very excited for the weeks of prep that I have before me leading up to the event, but it, we're not messing around. This is game time, and I'm going to take full advantage. What are some weaknesses you're, you're tackling? Because I know that seems like a loaded question, and I always ask it, but that is not doing a disservice to you as an athlete, right? Because you're good at everything at this point. You're a, you're a pro. You're one of the, literally one of the strongest men in the world. But... There's always something like if you're keeping a Sims character alive that dips a little bit that you have to pay a little special attention to to bring up to up to speed heading into a big competition like this. What are some of those quote unquote weaknesses you're tackling? I would have to say the biggest weakness that I have that I want to capitalize on is my overhead pressing strength. I'm a decent presser, but decent does not get you anywhere when you're going against monsters like Bobby Thompson on the stage. I mean, I, I am dead set on getting my log press, my overhead press in general, not just into the competitive level for a pro, but into the highly competitive record setting level for a pro. So that's something I'm giving a lot of attention leading up to world's strongest man and all the other contests to follow. I mean, later on, I've, I've also confirmed athlete for the giants live world tour. I have yet to receive the exact competitions I'll be doing, but I know there will be at least two of them that I'll be going overseas again to compete. And I am a confirmed alternate for the Shaw Classic. And being a confirmed alternate this far out, I'm pretty optimistic that I will go in that competition again. And, you know, between you and me and the rest of the world, <laughs> I want to take the world record on that Hummer Tire deadlift. I know that's one that you are, are specifically, you specifically have your, your sights set on. Uh, you're not the only one, though. Who do you think is your stiffest competition for that record? You know, unfortunately, JF Caron was uh, sustained some pretty hefty injuries at the Arnold two weeks ago. And he, I would say he would be the top contender for that but adam bishop one of the greatest deadlifters in the world his performance last year at the shock classic and of course at the deadlift world champs in manchester i mean i know whenever i'm going head to head against bish it's going to be one heck of a heavy tonnage big deadlift event and then trey mitchell he also matched me at the 1100 at the shock classic and not he's not a very loud outspoken guy on on the internet so a lot of people don't remember he and I tied on that event. He is a big deadlifter too. So I would say JF Caron, if he was in tip top shape, undoubtedly, Adam Bish and Trey Mitchell. I was going to say Trey might not be super outspoken on the internet, but you get him, you get him chatting in person. He'll give you a piece of his mind. Oh, absolutely. And you know what I love about Trey is, you know, for when he's not speaking loudly, his lips are speaking loudly for him. So there's no shortage of power coming from that man. <laughs> very, very, very energetic. What are some recent events that you've had I, I mean specific like not specific competitions but specific events within competitions where you maybe surprised yourself a big moment for me was when i competed at the deadlift world championships in manchester the the giants live world open we had a hammer hold for max time i believe it was a 65 pound hammer and this was my first outing at giants live my first international competition where i traveled overseas and I was against a tough, stacked roster of athletes. And I wound up placing first in that hammer hold. I think I got something close to 50 seconds on it, and it trumped everyone. 
The only one who got remotely close to me was Evan Singleton. And I believe he was still within about six seconds of my time. So that was a big confidence booster. You know, I'm not the biggest guy. I, I came into that contest weighing about 310 pounds. And you've got guys on there like Gavin Bilton, who, who were pushing the 400 plus pound mark. And I mean, to come out of there with an event win at my first outing on something I wasn't necessarily expecting to take a win on, that surprised me. And it was just reaffirming in a sense like, Gabe, you've got strength across the board. All you need to do is tackle these things head on and you're going to make some waves. I remember we wrote about that on Barbend and I wasn't actually involved in, in that piece. And I saw it go up and I was like, oh, cool. Gabe, Gabe dominated this event. Is the hammer hold something you've ever trained before? Or was that your first introduction to that, to that kind of static event? I've trained some static events like that. Uh, a lot of my shoulder days, my upper body days, I would say maybe once every month or once every month and a half, I'll train a forward or a lateral hold like that. But that also comes from, I love the bodybuilding roots that I have. I, I love the sensations of hypertrophy and just getting that engorging pump. So I believe on a lot of my shoulder days, I'll do something like, let's say a hundred lateral raise with real lightweight. And then I'll go for I'll grab my 55 pound Slater slammer, the mace bell, and I'll hold that in front of me for max time just to get a little bit of a last pump on the anterior deltoids. And I, I do that consistently through the year, not every week, but you know, if I'm doing it every month, every other month, that's practice I'm getting that these other guys aren't. And that revealed itself in that contest. So for all of the folks back at home listening right now who love those lateral delt raises and those front delt raises and think they aren't functional, let it be known. We have a, a champion at an event who can trace it back to delt raise days. I absolutely love that. And also keep in mind, going into the, the finals at World's Strongest Man last year, they had that pickaxe hold. And that was a determining event on who was going to advance and who was not. So you cannot overlook these static hold events. They are very important. They carry a lot of weight. It's interesting because everyone, you know, in strongman, you train to, to move a lot of weight, but sometimes something that might seem a little unsexy, I actually think they're cool. I think the static hold events are some of the coolest events, right? But sometimes winners are decided by who could just not move for the longest period of time, which is ironic if you think about it. Gabe, I want to transition a little bit because the reason I actually reached out to get you back on this podcast, first off, I don't need much of an excuse. You're great to talk to. You're a fantastic athlete. You're one of the strongest people in the world. But these days, you're also an event organizer, and you actually recently hosted and organized your, your first competition. I don't want to say too much more. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Take us through that from the genesis of, hey, I, I want to run a competition and, and put one on as an organizer, all the way through to you know, what it was like when, when folks actually showed up and they're competing. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to fine-tune what you said just a little bit. Okay. I've actually been hosting events since... Uh, I would say 2015 was the first event that I've hosted, but I've, they've been very small scale events, just regional events here in the Rio Grande Valley of South Texas, where I'm from. I just got done with a very monumental weekend in my career as a show promoter. However, this past weekend, we hosted Beerstone 2022, and this was the first Pro-Am Strongman event that has ever taken place in South Texas. And that was my production along with my team at 5x5 Brewing Company in Mission, Texas, and it was, it was a historic day for, for South Texas and for strongmen in general in North America. But I had always wanted to, from the inception of me being a show promoter, 
I fell so in love with this sport and found it so fulfilling to walk this path. I wanted to help make that experience accessible for those who didn't necessarily know it was a possibility. And here in South Texas, right along the Mexican border, strongman is still very new. So that has always been a major motivating factor was to kind of help pave the way for others to have this incredible experience that I've had for the, nearly the past decade now. I have been a strongman corporation state chair for the region of South Texas for the past two years now. That was monumental in kind of paving the way for me to want to have a big competition and to keep growing the sport now under the wing of the Strongman Corporation sanction. But Beerstone 2022, this was our second year of running this event. Last year, it was a small little amateur show. We had, I believe, 22 athletes on the roster and we made enough waves down here. We, we created enough excitement to where this year it grew to well over 80 athletes, quadrupling in size. And even more importantly, it became a pro event. We had a pro-am division where, uh, I don't like using the word division, let's call it a pro-am class. We had a pro-am class where we had $25,000 total prize pot money divided straight down the middle, 12,500 to the men, 12,500 to the women. First place in that division walked away with seven grand in their pocket that day. And it was quite a big payout for the second annual show, not to mention just a pro-am event altogether in the United States of America. So much prestige came from that event. It was also a qualifier for America's Strongest Men and Women. So the athletes that podiumed woke advance to America's Strongest Men and Women, which is set to take place on September 11th weekend later on this year. And unlike previous America's Strongest events, this is a qualification-only event. Beerstone was the first of three contests throughout the year where these athletes can secure their invitations. And the podium placers will advance to America's Strongest. So that makes nine if you count the three contests throughout the year. And then one spot left for the reigning champion from 2021. So big cash payouts, qualifications to America's Strongest Man. And this was a pro-am event. Any amateur that beat out some of the pros on the roster that placed podium also earned their pro card. We handed out three new pro cards on Saturday. And we crowned three new of America's Strongest Pros. And it, it was it was truly a monumental day. And I, I could write a book on, on anything <laughs> that went down. So I'm going to leave that to you to ask me some further questions so I can give you the exacts on that. Well, what was your favorite singular moment from the weekend? When this show is running, I'm, I'm like a horse with those, those vision uh, blocks on their eyes <laughs> to keep them focused as they're running forward. So I'm not really necessarily taking too many looks around other than what I'm exactly doing. But every now and then when I would take a pause between the event setups and I would address the crowd. You know, I, I had a sports mic on and I, I love emceeing. I, I think it's so great to be able to share the experience and to give some anecdotes and some brief descriptions to involve the crowd, to look out and see all the people who have never seen a strongman event like this in South Texas, who didn't even know it might've existed, to be there to support teen athletes, young men, young women out there with twinkling eyes looking we had upwards of a thousand spectators throughout the entire day to look out and see their faces to, as they're watching these pro level athletes, along with all the amateurs competing, pulling massive military vehicles, lifting Husafel stones. That was the most rewarding experience. And that was one of many, but to bring that experience to these, these spectators, that, that was, I, I felt that in my heart and I'm going to carry that experience for years to come. Your partners on this event, uh, it's a local brewery, correct? Correct. 
Five by Five Brewing Company in Mission, Texas. So what? how did that partnership come about? The owner of the brewery is a family friend of mine that I grew up with. And when he opened up the brewery several years ago, he had always prided himself in hosting different events. And he watched my success as I climbed the ranks in Strongman. And he reached out to me at one point and was like, Gabe, I would love to do a Strongman competition at the brewery. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Beer and Strongman just goes hand in hand. And their brewery is fantastic because they have a food truck park on site. They make some of the best craft beer that I've ever tasted. And they love to have live music out there too. So when you get food trucks, delicious beer, live music, it's an atmosphere to where you can have an event that lasts a substantial amount of time and the hype never dies. The crowd is always there having a great time. But this event set itself apart from so many of the other events that I've hosted in a sense that Beerstone was the first where I've had a very capable team behind me helping to move this thing along. And I've done events in the past where it's just me. And they're great. They're successes. But when you have a team behind you, you're able to give that much more. And my biggest priority with hosting a contest like Beerstone is the experience that the athlete walks away with. I don't do this for money. I don't make money out of it. I do it for the lasting impression it makes, the memories it makes, and the experience the athlete walks away with. I got to ask, 5 by 5 Brewing Company, is, does that have anything at all to do with like a 5 by 5 lifting protocol? Because you hear 5 by 5 in the strength world and you think, oh, I got a busy, I got a busy 5 by 5 day on squats or something like that. You know, us, uh, us Ironheads would definitely think that. And we can, we can draw that parallel, but 5 by 5 Brewing Company is veteran-owned and operated. And I cannot remember the exact origin story of how that name came to be, but I know it has to do with the military background of those who, who run it. And that was also a big historic type of relation that I wanted to make sure that we preserved with Beerstone was the integrating of our homage to the armed forces with this event. We had the U.S. Army play a pivotal role in Beerstone 2022. They provided two big military vehicles. They provided several tents to house the athletes under while they were competing. And most importantly, they provided 30 recruits and soldiers to help us move the event along throughout the day. So I wanted to definitely give a major shout out to the U.S. Army. Thank you all for your service and thank you all for helping us at Beerstone 22. We could not have done it without you, but they they really came through. Yeah, you, you want an event organized very well. You have a lot of experience doing this at this point. And also, uh, yeah, get some active duty service people to actually help move things along. I'm sure things ran pretty tightly and hopefully on time. We were having meetings three months out leading up to this contest. And my team was very capable by the time we got there. No contest runs perfect. We definitely had a fair share of curveballs thrown our way, but it's not getting caught up in those curveballs. It's how we handle them when we're faced with the adversity that makes me really proud. The show moved consistently through the day, no matter what was thrown at us. And it was undoubtedly the best show I've ever run. And I heard from several athletes that it was the most fun they've ever had. And when you hear words like that coming from pros, especially pros that just competed at the Arnold the week before, I take that to heart as a true litmus test of success. Who were some of the pros who, who competed? So we had on the, the men's side, Bobby Thompson was one of the big pros that competed. We also had Josh Hatfield from Washington State who competed. Let's see. I believe those were the two big pros that we had in the men. In the women, we had Inez Carasquillo, who recently 
earned her pro card at the Arnold the weekend before. Someone who was very obviously a pro well before they got their pro card. We were originally going to have Corey Butler on the roster. Let's see. We had we had a, a, several athletes who had competed at OSG, like uh, Julia Tomaszewski and Gabby Dixon, who were out there as well. Lots of pro talent. We were originally going to have Corey Butler out there, but she got pretty banged up at the Arnold, and I really empathize for that because that contest was heavy. You know, when these women are carrying around an 800-pound yoke, I had a feeling that I was like, you know, please tell me if you're not feeling it and we'll put your health first above all else. She's great, and I know she's going to be involved in years to come. But when you have pro athletes like that in the midst of amateur athletes, these amateurs perform at such a high level because they've got the American Nightmare Bobby Thompson screaming at them to get one more rep, you know? It, it was great. That is certainly a pressure cooker situation. Well, what do you have planned for Beerstone moving forward? You know, the third, I guess it'd be technically the third annual, but the second Pro-Am would be next year if you were to do it again. Any any thoughts on that? Things you would modify, things you would do to to kind of grow, to grow the event? The, The goal is always bigger and better. So from the, you know, from as early as Monday this week, we were already in meetings discussing beer, discussing Beerstone 2023 (laughs) and a lot of athletes were like, Gabe, how can you make this bigger than you made it this past weekend? I mean, Beerstone 2022-2021 was maybe, let's say, like three feet off the ground. Beerstone 2022 was already in the stratosphere. 2023, we're going to be up in space. You know, we have already secured in the city of Edinburgh, an adjacent town to Mission, we've already secured the historic airfield as the site of our Beerstone 2023 next year. And of course, when we are having a competition at an airfield, Instead of pulling military trucks, we're going to be pulling some airborne vehicles. So there are big plans underway to make this thing even bigger. We're talking about things like doing potential artillery shell Viking presses. We're talking about things like doing big military vehicle deadlifts, maybe getting some choppers on them. We're going to do it bigger and better. And we are, a lot of the hiccups that we might have faced had to deal with the fact that we quadrupled in size from competitors. We went from 22 athletes to upwards of 80, and we're going to turn it into a two-day event. We are more well-equipped with everything that we faced this year to give it an even more streamlined show. And although we had a, a lot of involvement from the spectators in, her, in terms of getting to connect with the fans, one thing I'm set on is making sure that these athletes don't get caught up in the hubbub of a cheering crowd that has been drinking all day. So we're going to make sure that those athletes have a nice sequestered off area to where they can really focus on the heavy events that they have. Because I heard from a lot of athletes, pros included, that, Gabe, could you have made this thing any heavier? I'm like, well, I could have, but I didn't. But I'm glad you think it's heavy because I'm not going to give you guys something light, especially when you're competing for $7,000 on the line or America's Strongest Invites. We want to make sure that you are able to really make some waves when you advance that next stage. Makes a ton of sense. Yeah, you, you definitely have to earn it. And interesting note about, about the crowd. This is this is uh, Beerstone after all, and it might be known for raucous crowds because they're uh, they're let's put it this way, well hydrated with local craft brews. I don't <laughs> I don't feel like that's going to change moving forward. No, I mean we want to keep the elements, uh, especially with five. I, I love my team at five by five, and I, I, I want them. There, this is our production, you know, and I might be the one heading it, but this is our production. I want them selling their beer. I want the crowd drinking their beer because that provides the, the hype that they need to last the whole event and give these athletes the cheers that motivate them to lift these heavy weights and massive stones.
Well, I'm sure that there are some people who who showed up for the beer, but were converted to strongman fans by the end of uh, by the end of the competition, and vice versa. Some people who showed up as strongman fans, they're probably now five by five drinkers. So good synergy there. That makes a lot of sense to me. Like I said, it, the strongman and beer go hand in hand. <laughs> Gabe, where's the best place for people to follow along with you? Competitions coming up, and uh, your life as an event promoter as well. I'm most active on Instagram. You can find me at Texas Titan Gabe on Instagram. You can follow all of Beerstone and its updates at beerstone.rgv. And I just recently made sure to start getting regular content up on my YouTube channel. So Gabriel Pena on YouTube, I'll have consistent content coming up there, especially post-event following up Beerstone 22 and everything that's yet to come. I, I really love getting to connect with all my fans. So please reach out to me. And uh, let's have some fun on those outlets. Gabe, it's always a pleasure chatting. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I'm really excited to watch what's next for you in, in 2022. I'm sure a lot of people are. Have a great one. Thank you so much, David.